right, yo. It's Blush Cameron here with a new episode of my new podcast. There are a couple firsts for today's episode. Uh, One is that there are multiple guests today on the call at once. Those guests being Timmy and Michael from the band Courier Club. Uh, Courier Club is a sick band from Philadelphia. And uh, I haven't talked to more than one person at a time on here before, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but um, it's not. But there's definitely a different dynamic that I haven't um, become accustomed to. Um, I haven't tried it before, but I think it worked out. Um, And secondly, I've never actually met either of these guys in person. Timmy, I know just from being mutuals on Instagram, uh, being from Philly, um, we followed each other and quickly realized that we're both into some of the same niche nerd stuff. Um, so we connected on that and, uh, I also immediately could tell that what he and his band have been doing is very cool and very much up my alley. Um, and I appreciate the work and effort and creativity they put into everything that they do. Um, so that was another thing that I, um, you know, knew I wanted to know who these guys were. Um, but yeah, a combination of those two firsts for this episode um, made me a little bit nervous going to this going into this conversation. But I think we hit it off pretty fast once we got off, once we got over that, um, you know, first little bit of uncomfortableness uh, once we broke the ice. <clears throat> I really enjoyed talking to them. Um, if you haven't heard, they're putting together like um, a Minecraft festival. Uh, which sounds weird, but they'll explain it, and it's actually extremely cool, in my opinion. And they have some pretty big bands playing, um, and it's extremely interesting, very interesting how it all came together and how they've gotten it to work out. So if you're interested in that, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, it's going to happen uh, May 26th, Friday, May 26th. Um, so hit up there social media pages for more information, Courier Club. Um, Not much new with me, you know, still locked down. Uh, Time has been going by very fast. Weirdly enough, you'd think that it'd slow down, but it's going by extremely fast. And that's freaky to me um, because I'm already nervous about life and how fast it's all over (laughs) and getting older. And it's like, all right, now there's nothing we can't really do a whole lot for us to stay in and life is just flying by um so i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen it's scary uh if you want to commiserate hit me up on instagram and twitter (laughs) uh you might as well if the world is shut down and or ending you might as well follow me um if you're not already I'm also on Patreon, which I haven't done a great job of keeping updated, um, but I will. I'm collecting scraps from all these episodes so far, stuff that had to be cut. I'll be posting on Patreon as extra bonus content. For instance, at the end of this episode, uh, we kept talking about video game stuff for 
a good good amount of time after actually we pretty much ended the pod we kept going and uh i had to cut that stuff but i did leave in some video game discussion in the beginning um and uh you know it's a little bit awkward at the beginning but it leads into the minecraft stuff pretty well uh so i left it in Anyways, if you're interested uh, in extra stuff, patreon.com slash blushcameron. And holler at me on Instagram if there's anything you want to see posted on there or any guests you want me to try to get, at blushcameron is my Instagram. Uh, That's pretty much it. I hope everyone's hanging in there. Uh, These guys rock, so I hope you enjoy uh, sitting in on our conversation. Peace. Just figuring out how to get fifty thousand people into a Minecraft server, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't wait to ask you guys about this because this is like an insane thing that you guys are doing. Uh, whose voice is whose? Since I haven't talked to you guys before, uh, I'm Tim, and I'm I'm Michael. Okay, cool. Um, so, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Uh, just um, woke up. Did a little reading and uh, planning out some new builds for the server. I think we're uh, we were talking last night and we're taking everything in the direction of like more kind of like more into the whole video game culture thing and less just trying to make it look like a, a normal festival. But Mop, what about you? Pretty much the same typical quarantine day. Woke up pretty late. Texted Tam about some... Uh... <laughs> Build ideas, I guess. Planning some group builds, um, but yeah, we pretty much have two weeks until the festival, so it's getting. Last week flew by, and now it's getting to be like, oh, we have like, starting to get see some deadlines popping up. So, dude, time, a lot. Is, time is going crazy fast. It's freaking me out. What have you been doing? <laughs> Keeping uh, past time. Yeah, just I don't know, sulking, you know. <laughs> Sleeping. Same. No, I've been playing video games and watching movies and chatting online with my friends. You know. Hell yeah! Yeah, no, it's what like games you've been playing. Uh, I've been playing uh, this game, uh, Trials of Mana. Mm. It's it's like a remake of uh, an old Super Nintendo game. Is uh, is it a remake of Secrets of Mana? I'm guessing. Or... Yeah, it's in the same franchise. Oh, okay, cool. I've yet to touch it, touch any of those yet. But I pl- I used to work at a bar um, that had an NS uh, Super Nintendo, um, just like in the you know just like right over the bar. And uh, I was talking to my boss about it. He was just like, "One day you gotta you gotta give this a shot, and you're gonna you're gonna hate it. It's gonna be the hardest thing you ever played." And I was like, "Okay, not now." <laughs> I, I play a little bit. Like I go back and forth um, with like back like. With like the Japanese RPGs, and then like, uh, and then I get kind of sick of it, and then I'm like, oh, I, I, need, I need to play something that's a bit more Western, and then I go back and just, but uh, the worlds are always way more just vibrant and fun and less like just bland. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very distinct style, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. But I like the Western RPGs too, like uh, you know Skyrim's and that type of stuff. Yeah, it's like I, I feel like I like because I'm a huge like Tolkien nut, uh, so I I love that stuff. But then they do they do end up just getting kind of gray after a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like I love like the Warhammer universe and all that nonsense. Um, but. Yeah. What about you, Mop? You play any games or just build Minecraft? I'm not a huge gamer. It's been a lot of Minecraft recently. Um, uh, Tim and I were playing Star Wars Battlefront last night. That was pretty sick. Oh, hell yeah. I just found out about that game, the new version of it. So just being like a B1 battle droid was just like the TV show, except I was in it. So that was cool. Yeah, I haven't played um, the new one, but I loved the PlayStation 2 games growing up. Oh, yes. Yeah, I used to play those all the time as a kid and then took a break from video games for a while. And then I played the, I don't know what it was exactly called, but the Star Wars Battlefront that was on like PS4, I guess. So -hmm. it came out a couple years ago and it just seemed very like unfinished and like basic. But then I played this more recent one, which I don't know the exact name of, but it just was like so immersive and like the graphics and the all the animations and the feel of the game was just awesome. So been into that, but I feel like I've never been like a huge gamer as much as you guys have been. Um, but I've always enjoyed it. And so how did the, uh, block by block West thing come about? We basically, we made just a joke one day trying to be cheeky on our Twitter and, um, being like, yeah, we're going to play a show of Minecraft if it gets canceled. If our tour gets canceled. And then it just kind of, you know, grew out of control from there. And every day got a bit more serious. And then um, we found out that these are things that has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, okay, there's definitely a way we can do this. So it started off just being a thing we were going to do for just like our fans and a couple of our, our friends' bands. And then our manager was just like, there's pretty much there's a lot of interest in this and he just kind of like was just taking pop shots being like all right let's just see like what you know if i can see if any other bigger artists want to kind of play this and it just every day more and more people were signing on um wow and then they were like telling their friends about it and then we get emails from like people that they want to have on the festival and it just kind of went from this small thing to a day before the festival or like not, I think it was like three days before the festival actually, but like massive attack from the UK was just like, Hey, can we like, can we play a set on it? Yeah. They, we, I never, I mean like I only thing in massive attack I know is like, I was just like, Oh yeah. Like pitchfork loves them. And like, uh, they were like a huge influence on like the UK scene. Um, I was more into like the streets myself. Um, but yeah, and they just like like just slid into our email, um, and then we we're like, holy shit, what? So yeah, that kicks ass. Uh, so t- um, explain to me how this is gonna work. Are these bands gonna be controlling their avatars, or is there like a live stream of them actually performing? Or um, explain to me how this is gonna work. Yeah, everything's pre-recorded, but exclusive for the festival. Um, I think that when I know some bands are dropping new songs actually for the like during the festival, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, but basically it's like 
you there's three the way it's working now is there's three worlds and each world is its own stage um and as of now i think the three worlds are we're talking like it's like a 70s contemporary snow resort um it's a, a very tolkien-ish kind of like medieval one and then a like underground bunker kind of futuristic cyberpunk kind of thing um and basically each one has a stage and like a bunch of easter eggs to explore and the bands um are on the stage as their avatars and we have skins for every artist Whoa. so it's going to be like looking like them and uh you just tune into a, a like an audio stream and just jump around and you know you watch those artists just kind of like perform in a sense by just kind of like running around the stage and stuff and it, it it's like silly but it definitely i've been to a few of them now and like the i like the feeling of just like being in a room of a bunch of people and like going crazy like a normal live show like you know even though you're just smashing the space bar it, it kind of it does translate in a very weird way yeah um, i mean like uh it it seems like this should have almost become popular sooner with the rise of twitch and live streaming in general like people who live stream themselves walking around you really feel yeah. like you're hanging out with them so it makes sense that more musicians are doing it i'm just surprised it hasn't happened sooner i definitely think that yeah like i was surprised because it people have been trying this idea out since 2018 um after looking back and it's finally catching like catching hold now um now that there's no other option yeah and i hope that stays like i hope that like when everything goes back to uh, not normal but when we kind of grow past this phase um i think people are still gonna like value this because it's like one thing that excites us about it is like it has no restrictions like you can there's no geographical restrictions there's no monetary restrictions other than um i mean you still at this point need to get minecraft and that's a workaround that can be fixed in the future but it's it's just more accessible than like going to uh you know south by southwest or going to coachella or something like that Uh, so do people need to buy a ticket to be able to attend or is it free it's completely free uh, for this event, though, we're doing VIP, uh, like a VIP experience with like meet and greets and stuff with some of the bands just mm-hmm. to kind of put push donations. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so there's donations, though. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I, we actually we hit our donation uh, mark already. So I don't on the 25th, the festival was supposed to happen. Um, but we were only expecting around 10,000 people throughout the whole day. And we opened the server and in like minutes there was like 7,000 people that joined Wow! and then thousands who couldn't get in because the server capped out and we hit our goal like in a, in a second, like in seconds. It was, it was crazy. Um, so we had to like actually, unfortunately kind of like postpone it. And that was like a whole fiasco. Like it was funny, like woke up the next morning and there was like an article in like the Dutch NPR just being like Travis Scott did what Courier Club couldn't, oh, and I was God. like, I was like, what? I was like, this is silly. This is some like that's. Wild. I was like, what happened yesterday? Um, but uh, yeah, we, so we had to just postpone it, and basically we brought on a bigger team, and uh, we're partnering with like a cloud hosting company um, that are gonna give us the, the servers that we need to put this on. 
and it's after doing the math, it's going to be 97 times bigger um, Jesus. on our back end than it was the day of. Uh, so, I mean, we're, and none of us are really, like, we're not the, the techiest of kids. Luckily, Mop's younger brother is. But, so it's just kind of funny how out of hand this all got. And we were just like, this was just a joke. <laughs> yeah, first. I was going to ask how you guys are figuring out the server stuff, or if you had to, like, bring some more people on to help. Yeah, yeah, one big problem with the first um, go at it was we were just like felt really understaffed because I don't think any of us understood like mm. the ex- like how much I guess how many moving parts something like this really has because we'd never done it before. So one thing we're doing now is um, just connecting with lots of various types of developers from either like Minecraft or just the rest of the tech world and. They're just helping us do something like this on the scale that we're dealing with now, just because it's like, I think it's probably impossible just for like the four or five of us to do on our own. So mm-hmm. building out the team, I think will be really important for this next shot at it for having it work. Definitely. Are there uh, any artists you were trying to get, but couldn't get? Um, so wait, go so on. we, uh, yeah, we reached out to like probably hundreds of artists, um, for the original lineup and so far i don't think there's any changes for the next one so like everyone that's on that bill is should be what's on this upcoming one um but yeah we did we reached out to a ton of artists we were lucky to hear back from the ones we got and got those confirmed but after all the press came out about uh like our first date about the attendance numbers and everything our manager actually did hear back from a lot of artists who weren't really interested the first time. So it is cool that even though the event wasn't a complete success, that people are still interested in the next one. Um, yeah, so that's great. Oh, God, that freaked me out so I, much <laughs> if that happened. Yeah, I was trying to get uh, um, the three artists I really wanted. Once like it, things started getting a bit crazy and we were like, wait, we could probably get like large artists on this. I was like, okay, Converge, Mineral, and Charlie XCX, those are my three goals. Uh, and we didn't hit those, but like we hit, I think, and we hit similar artists in every other generate, like in all the genres. So like we were like, all right, all right, we're, um, that was, we almost got there. Maybe next time. <laughs> Dude, that would be so sick to see you converge in a virtual Minecraft. That's, yeah, world. I was just like, because I don't know. Also, like some, a lot of my friends are just like really into Kurt Blue and. I was just like, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to figure it out. I don't know how, but I have no connections with him at all. <laughs> uh, I don't want to veer away too soon. If there's anything else you want to say about Block by Block West, uh, but since Converge came up, are you guys into hardcore at all? And how did you get into music in the first place? I grew up uh, with a lot of my friends. So I grew up like um, in a place called Base Landing which is, like, right outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, so there was, like, a decent hardcore scene and emo scene down there. Um, I wasn't never really too much into hardcore. I was more leaning on the emo side, but I feel like those two genres just kind of, like, hung out with each other growing up. Like, they are kind of intertwined. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of, like, grew up in that scene. And then um, as I grew older, I just started going like you know because like my first bands were just like you know first band was like the classic green day cover band 
and then you know yep. then you're covering like weezer and coed and cambria and then you get into that and and then you start finding like i guess like a little bit more obscure emo records and think you're all arty at that point and you know go through it all um but then as i grew a little bit older i like started uh just driving up to philly for shows and trying to catch shows up here and because like it was like the i always joked around that like the pine barrens kind of like was like the fucking no man's land for culture and that things never like got through the pine barrens to us until like years later like and i i noticed that with pop punk because i remember like as being a kid and like getting in the pop punk but then realizing that like you would you go to like you go to philly and it's like as like just like sonically like way past that um right and it's like something like the midwest it's like you go to some towns out there and it's you know you almost feel like they're like they haven't oh like you guys haven't gotten to this point yet in a sense because like it's just everything moves so fast in like philly and new york um but yeah i, I don't know i just like it literally grew up with just like video game soundtracks being that what's just like got me into like the more indie kind of world i guess um and then just like the like you know i don't know burnout three um and (laughs) like mlb baseball um i mean like sports video games like i hated playing sports video games but like the soundtracks phenomenal (laughs) yeah i mean i noted that your guys music sounds like it could be on a burnout soundtrack i imagine that's deliberate very deliberate i think that's kind of like our I like. I don't know. When we started the band. We were like, "What's not? What's going to be our gimmick?" But like, where where are we going to like rally people behind as like a visual identity, um, and or like just kind of like where we're going to like take our slice at, um, and that's kind of like we're like, all right, let's start here, and you know, we can you know we can expand in the future. But I think it, if we just, I mean, our bio is like PS One Gran Turismo soundtrack, which is <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> um, Ma, what do you play in the band? I'm the bass player. Okay. And how did you get into the music scene? So I grew up in a town called Rockville, Maryland, which is just a super vanilla suburb outside of D.C. And the music scene there, for at least for like rock and that kind of stuff, is pretty non-existent. I'd say like the DIY scene there is more just like SoundCloud rap and like that kind of stuff. So I personally never really felt any like connection with that kind of thing but how i got into music was when i was super young like five or six my dad would show me like the beatles and led zeppelin and we would watch like really old like concert dvds uh on tv and stuff and then i got into like his record collection and that's kind of was like when i decided i was like really passionate about music just because like i loved what i was hearing so much and then as i grew up and was in middle school I made some friends who kind of had the same experiences with their dad showing them, uh, you know, kind of just the same stuff. And then from there, I kind of went in the direction of like 90s grunge and that kind of thing. So probably while Tim was getting into emo, I was getting into like Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and like that kind of stuff when I was like 13 or 14. Um, And I guess because there was no like there was no place to go see like a small show with your friends at that age. So I was really just Mm -hmm. into like the big commercial stuff, like the black keys and red hot chili peppers and just things that were so big at that time where 
it was impossible to not know about them. So Mm -hmm. those were like some of my favorite bands at that time. And it really took until like high school and later to start getting really into like some more niche things and more unique stuff. Um, But I did at that time find friends who were in the same exact position where like they had found those big things and then those big acts. And then at the same time, we would go into the YouTube uh, like wormholes and uh or black holes i mean and find like unique things and listen to that and then start bands and start off covering red hot chili peppers and then write our own stuff that was like blues rock but it was the first time we had like made something that was our own so uh yeah and then that kind of just grew until i moved to philly and then eventually we made courier club and you know so yeah, so how long have you both been in Philly, and how did you guys meet? Um, I've been in Philly since 2017 now. Um, I moved in. I was actually playing in, like, a straight-up, like, pop band, uh, giving that a shot. And, uh, uh-huh. I mean, it was, you know, it was, like, my crash course on everything to, like, to get to this point. Um, so I just moved to, the, I moved to the city with them from Jersey, and uh down south philly what was that band called uh we were called fv um it, it was uh it was you know it was fun it was like my like high school band that turned into like that you know the kind of like the bridge into like the real world in a sense i guess that would explain mm-hmm. it um and it was like cool it was like a nice glimpse of like here you're gonna mess up all this stuff but here's like you'll learn how to do all these things by just fucking it up the first time kind of deal uh mm-hmm. and uh mop actually my so yeah mop how did so my my oh, girlfriend okay. go to party shows and then i met yeah, wait wait I'll, I'll explain just so he knows what that is so <laughs> i was in a similar position um when i moved to philly where when I was a senior in high school in like the spring of that year, that school year, uh, I started like, I'd say like my first like real band where like, uh, which was actually with Jack and Ryan who are the guitarist and drummer of courier club. So the three of us were in another band with a fourth guy. Um, and that started like right before I moved to Philly cause I go to Drexel now. So moved up to Philly, uh, with our blues rock band, I was the only one who moved, but we were in this blues rock band together. And then I was exposed to like a DIY scene for the first time uh, and kind of saw like the house shows and that, oh, it's like, oh, I'm not the only one who like is in a band, like every other guy who like is a musician plays in a band and they do shows on the weekends and like whatever. So I was super hyped about that and told um, Jack Ryan and the other guy from our old band that like, you guys need to come up here and like, we need to book a house show and like, it's going to be sick. So we started doing that. Um, simultaneously, I was meeting all these new people from Drexel. And one of those was this girl who Tim eventually started dating around the same time. So like, I would like invite her to the show to see our old band. She would come and bring Tim. And then she was like, Oh, like my boyfriend is in a band. They're called FE. Um, you know, like, I feel like you guys would like get along. So we were aware of each other at that point. And then I was kind of checking out FV and seeing like, oh, they're doing like somewhat well in, in Philly and like they're going on tour. So I decided that 
my band and his band should play together. So through many months of texting back and forth and meeting up occasionally, we eventually got on to like, I guess, support FV on one of their small tours. And that was really the point where uh, me, Ryan and Jack met him and discovered all these commonalities. And we got along super well and we talked about video games and like, we just had fun hanging out together for those shows. And then following that, our old bands both kind of fell apart and we like, we weren't super into them anymore. And then it just made so much sense like that Tim should just join us and we should start a totally new band together. So I remember we were in, we were playing rock and roll hotel in uh, DC and I saw on Ryan, our guitarist's um, guitar that it, he had a Protoss. We had a Starcraft CD like broken up on it. And I was like, wait, you know what Starcraft is? Cause I was like, I was a huge Starcraft kid. And he was like, get the fuck out of here. And then like, we had to like go do our sets, but I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I wouldn't like, I was like, I need to start a band with these guys like this. Cause like at the time, like, I feel like I was in a situation where I was, it was just like, I don't know. Like I, I, I didn't mesh really well, like on a personal level of like my like old bandmates, and I just like was like, holy crap! There's like other like, because I'm just like a massive nerd, and like I, after finding out, I was like, wait, we could like, that means that we could go on tour. I think the third thing in my head was like, okay, we can put our computers in the van and play StarCraft on the way to shows, and that was enough for me to be like, this is what I need to do with my life. This is the next move. Um, and then, Hell yeah! And then it just kind of like, uh. You know, then I think the next thing we talked about was uh, like Bioware games because I'm a huge fan of Bioware games, uh, like like mm-hmm. Kotor and everything. Um, but yeah, and then we just kind of uh, slowly, just you know, we just kept hanging out, and then it was almost just like, all right, we're gonna break up with our bands today. This is it. Our second marriage begin. Uh, uh, it's been it's been happily ever since. Was it easy dissolving the previous projects? I mean, like, it was like a, you know, it's just like, it was like a a big, you know, I guess, like growing up moment, Um, you know, just like kind of like a, you know, a thing that it was the first time we ever like, you know, had to like end a, I guess, serious band in a sense. So that was like definitely a new thing. Um, But I mean, it was, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Like, yeah, it was just kind of like a learning experience in that. The, the years leading up to the career club with those two old bands like i don't know if i can speak for mop but like they were just like massive learning experiences on just like how to like not be a shithead and how to treat people and like i don't know like i just like i don't know he's growing up i mean we were you know in those bands from when we were in like 16 like 20 so right um, so was better now the first thing that you guys released or was there anything before that that yeah, was, the, that first, was the first one. Yeah, we wrote better now and Liza and like, like, in two days of each other, and then just recorded them at once with like a, another one that we never dropped. Uh, Where do you guys record at? This uh, studio oh. called Big Mama in Philly. Um, okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's the there's a band called the Super Weeks, and they're guitarists. Um, both of the guitarists actually and singers are uh, they like in the studio and uh doc is like our like tone wizard he kind of he's like the fifth member of the band to be on um 
very very big Gandalf vibe, I would say, in terms of just being like, I don't know, just a a nice like mentor through everything because he's also just like been through like the whole you know been through everything before. So um, in terms of just guidance on like a you know just dealing with things being in a band level and also making our band sound as good as possible. Uh, Tim, you've been breaking up just a little bit. Uh, nothing got lost. I can still hear you, but... Uh, oh, okay. Is it working again? Or Yeah, it's working. I don't know if you're using Wi-Fi or data. I don't know. Oh, you know what it is? My, wi- my Wi-Fi, like, dies ever so often, but it's back now, I think. All right. In my life. All right, cool. Woo. I think you're good now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically, I live with, like, six roommates, so we all fight over the Wi-Fi, and... Everyone's got Zoomiversity, so. Whoa, six people? Um, yeah. Well, five now. One moved out. Um, but yeah, we actually, our house is like an old convenience store. Um, so. Whoa. It's like, we have this big hall downstairs kind of vibe. And then it's kind of like, a, you walk up like these flight of stairs and there's three, there's uh, three floors and it's just like bedrooms. Um, oh, wow. And we're all just. I mean, it's like we, uh, two fashion two fashion designers and just like, you know, an, an illustrator, an interior designer. So it's just like a cool, like everyone just kind of like respects each other's space and just like we all just like make stuff together. It's been a cool vibe. We used to host like raves downstairs, but I mean, rest in yeah, peace. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, that's how I followed you in the first place. Like somebody tagged you or something and it looked like you were DJing. Or something like that, and had something projected on the ceiling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was this thing called tunnel vision, where we did like, um, we put paper all over our walls, and then have everyone just we just DJed all night, and uh, everyone just got off their face and drew everywhere, and then we just like kind of like took pictures there afterwards and posted a line and being like, "This is what you made last night," kind of thing. It was <laughs> that rocks. That was but, fun. Yeah, that was that was a good time. That and that was, a, and then we're like, we're gonna do this again, and it's gonna be bigger. And then, then rest in peace. But <laughs> next year. <laughs> um, I mean, it seems like you guys do a lot of stuff like that. Am I wrong? I mean, not that exactly, but putting on events and doing videos and doing Minecraft stuff. Yeah, I think like it's it's funny because it's like I think that part is like a massive part of our identity as a band is just like making things just happen uh in terms of just like events and stuff like that i i don't know just like it's it's like it's just like it's always fun just to like be able to put together a good time for people and like create those like like i don't know our whole thing is just like making have it because even when we started as a band instead of like kind of like pushing our songs like because we were like i don't want to be a band that has to be like listen to my song, listen to my song, listen to my song, listen to my song. So we just, like, put... What we were doing is we would host these, like, release parties, technically, uh, where we would decorate the house in, like, the vibe of, like, the song and, like, have, like, Courier Club, like, posters everywhere and stuff. And then we would just host a, like, big party. And, like, you know, we wouldn't even play the songs, but it was just kind of, like, people were like, oh, like, this band threw this party, and now, like, I saw, like you know i saw the poster throughout the night kind of thing and then that kind of translated into like a somewhat fan base um 
I don't know. Her thing's just like have we want to just like throw events and stuff that like people can feel like they can like safely lose their shit and have a good time and like just like I don't know. I feel like that kind of thing is so lacking in the DIY world, you know? Very yeah, I feel you. <laughs> so I haven't been in Philly that long. I got here in November 2018, but the shows are so boring sometimes because it's like people want three band they only want three bands to play they want it done by 11 yeah it's like i want to go to cool stuff you know that was the thing we had that exact same experience for many years um and then last summer tim and i discovered uh this event called making time which is actually like a dj event with dance music and it was seemed like so far from like the kind of stuff we were into but we ended up going to one over the summer and it was just the complete inverse of what you were just describing, where it was just like huge event, tons of different kinds of people from all walks of life and everyone just like losing their shit and having a good time. And the vibes were just like so positive and the music was so good. And then that was just like the catalyst that we were looking for in Philly, I think just to like start making our own events and like doing it ourselves. If yeah, that rock. It felt like people. It felt like it was like what DIY was like supposed to be on paper, in a sense. Yeah, um, uh, and it's just. I mean, it was still. It was still to like DIY, and like I feel like the community that we found through that. Because at first we were like, all right, we were just like, all right, Bob, we gotta act real cool. We don't know how to act in this scenario. Where are we supposed to stand? <laughs> like, yeah. and then we realized it didn't matter. Like that was just. I mean, I feel like that was just so engraved in our heads by just like being that. Like you know, like you know how like. DIY shows are and stuff and like how clicky it can get. So we were prepared for that. And then the people we found through it were just like, yeah, you guys want to throw a show? Let's have one here. Let's do it. Like what, like let's, let's, let's set it up. We'll just make it happen. Um, and it felt refreshing um, and kind of like definitely kind of sparked like the, like the kind of like, I guess like that, like DIY fire that I kind of like had as like a, a younger like just like as like a teenager um just again and being like oh this is why i like kind of fell in love with this stuff like mm-hmm. like um but yeah what about you so uh boss did you come from where like where'd you come from from when you went to philly so i was in ann arbor michigan oh, nice. before this which is basically where i grew up and um yeah, okay. I've been there for 15 years, and uh, I wanted to move, but I didn't know how or where or who with. Uh, so I had some friends that moved here before me, ahead of me, and then, um, I don't know, do you guys know the band Strange Ranger? Uh, I don't think I don't so. I think no. so. They're, they're a Portland band, and I had made friends with them when they would tour through Michigan, and we would hang out, and uh, so I messaged them one day, like, yo, let's chill next time you guys are in Michigan. And they were like, actually, we're moving to Philly, and you should come. And so I was like, all right, <laughs> it's time to go. That's like, yeah, I feel like that's like... I gotta how, check them out. <laughs> yeah, I, that's so moving to Philly, though. It's just like, you're like, we're going there. Come with us. It's happening right now. You drop everything, and you're like, all right, let's do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, that's kind of what it felt like for, for me. I mean, I didn't really have any plans to move to Philly. I mm-hmm. just wanted to go anywhere, you know? But it turns out Philly's probably the best place for me at this point in my life. Uh, yeah, dude. Economic reasons, scene reasons. It's really easy to tour around here. Uh, so, yeah, it's worked out. I feel you. 
that's kind of mm-hmm. what, like why we're staying here too. It's just like the best. Like, I mean, you can go on a tour, and you can it, you don't have to drive nine hours, and you can be back in time to work your job. Uh, it's so you don't you know you can still afford rent, and then it's not yeah. like a kind of like I don't know. It's a cool circuit. You can you can get around a lot of things. I feel like. Um, especially like, you know, you can be in New York in an hour, but you don't have to pay like two grand to live in a small box. <laughs> yeah. Although I gotta be honest. Uh, the grass is greener sometimes for me. I wish I could live in New York, you know? Oh, same here. Me too. I mean, it's all the, yeah, like it's, I go there and sometimes I'm, I don't know. Like I was always just like, I'm not going to let it get to me. I'm not going to think that New York's great. And then, uh, it's just, it's nice. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like this is feel like this is what i want philly to be sometimes but <laughs> i mean there's some I, there's some people in new york that you're just never gonna meet anywhere else mm-hmm. and that's what's amazing about it and a lot of people are jaded understandably but uh yeah it's hard <laughs> it's hard living in philly yeah <laughs> it's a it's, it's definitely a unique a unique city well i mean honestly who knows it, it, but um what are you saying uh so you guys released, um, you guys were releasing singles from October 2018 to May 2019. Is there a reason you focused on doing singles during that time, or was was there an idea behind that as opposed to doing an EP? Yeah, yeah so- I think the singles thing. It's there were a few reasons I'd say. I don't think one is like necessarily more important than the other, but. Some of the main ones were one that was kind of all we had as a band where like we wanted to release music and we wanted to start building, uh, you know, like ourselves up online and through shows and stuff. So it was like, all right, we have a song, let's put it out. You know, uh, the other side of that I'd say is more like from the, the music business perspective and streaming and like everyone talks about this all the time. So I don't want to like get too into it, but yeah, especially as like an up and coming band, the way to get heard by more people is just through releasing singles. Um, the way Spotify and the algorithms and all that stuff um, is unfortunately just like has such a control on how music gets heard that if you put out an album, there might be one song from that album that gets a little bit of traction. And then you've just spent, you know, 10 times the time writing producing mixing whatever um because it's 10 songs or however many then like one single and then if you put out one single it's like all the attention is just going to that so for us it just made sense um to go that route until we felt like we were at the place where we had enough years listening to our stuff where it made sense to drop the ep and people would care about it and want to put in the time to listen to it and give it Mm -hmm. attention and everything like that so there were a few reasons and it's kind of just like as an artist in our position where we're like basically just on our own with everything, you kind of just have to play into how the industry works sometimes, but we're still in like full control as an independent band, you know, we can do anything we want, but kind of just like for our own benefit, it just kind of made sense to do singles. Uh, do you guys, do you guys write together? Yeah. Um, we, it's actually the first time I've ever been in a band where the writing is very, just spread with the with the entire band um i mean like there's every song is different and comes from a different person idea wise um but it's been really cool and it's been it, it definitely 
it feels it's just, it's really cool because like I've always heard stories about you know being able because usually I feel like bands it ends up just being like there's like one or two writers um, but <laughs> it's been cool because it's just like a different turn every day it's just like you know Mop and Jack are like here's this rhythm we put together and another time I'll be like here's a concept that I put together but not j- a little melody and that's about it and an idea of what it should like make it sound blue uh, and then like i don't know ryan yeah. will have like a, a just a guitar lick and it's it's definitely like i don't know it, it's been a lot of fun that way and uh i think it's another reason why we dropped singles and not an ep out of the gate or something like that because it was just like we were so new as a band and we were still learning how each other kind of played off each other and worked and it, we didn't want to drop all these songs all at once and then be like, "Oh, that's definitely not us." Like as and yeah, so we just kind of like sprinkled it like breadcrumbs as we were kind of figuring out like because if you listen to like Better Now, it's like so blatantly just like we all met, got really excited over the fact that we liked the Strokes, and and then like <laughs> if you listen to like Soapbox Sunday, it's like okay, still that, but like finding some motifs that like are unique to us and then i think like the ep is like more of that and I, I we always talk about like never wanting to put out a first record until we finally feel like it's like okay i think i think we're actually on to something that might be unique <laughs> but like i don't know yeah uh, we have to find yeah, our sound I was, yeah i was gonna ask if it bothers you guys getting compared to the strokes so much it's fine i feel like in, in some ways the way we looked at it is let's start off in familiar territory for people so they can kind of like in a sense like i don't know this might sound crazy but we're like okay we can gain like the listeners trust by like playing songs that you know that they can be like oh this kind of reminds me of this it's kind of nostalgic of this in a sense and then once people are like into your band and like what your band stands for and stuff i think listeners will take more of a risk in a sense so it's like Oh yeah. In the EP, we kind of did like a we tested out like a very light acoustic track, and we tested out a kind of like dance punk, kind of like very influenced by like uh like you know the synths of Nine Inch Nails, like industrial and like kind of like the shape the punk to come by Refuse, like that kind of style, the synths, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like people are more. I feel like people are more open to it because it's kind of just like oh, like this is like. I know that that like I'm now like getting into this new style of music, but I know they're gonna put something out after that's like something that's in comfortable territory. I don't know. That might also be mumbo jumbo, but no, I think that's real. I think like there's definitely you know if your goal is to build an audience, it's definitely smart to release something that's accessible rather than jumping headfirst into some experimental territory. But it just depends on what you're trying to do. So I think you guys are being smart about it. Because the songs are good still, you know, even if it's familiar territory, the songs are great. So I think, what else can you ask for if you're a music fan or a songwriter? No, I mean that's yeah, that's kind of like where we were st- like we stand with it. We're just like let's just make enjoyable songs to begin with, and yeah, and like because just like a lot of people just especially at the time, I think people just kind of want to like, you know, okay, this is my first sit down with this band. Give me something I can dance to to begin with, and then yeah. you can hit me with like the super arty kind of eight minute instrumental post-rock kind of nonsense that we definitely 
if someone let us like was like okay the millions of people are going to listen to you if you did and you can do this we'd be like okay like let's look that's what we want to do it'd be like making soundtracks uh-huh. um uh-huh. but we, we don't have that privilege yet we gotta we gotta build up the you know <laughs> build the the structure uh, so um drive like your kids live here was kind of unfortunate timing for it to release what what was your guys album cycle looking like before this and has it been affected it, it was uh gonna be dropping the ep um we were gonna have a video for soundscape 1992 and a video for my favorite game um and then we were gonna go do these tour dates pretty much or it was like a weekender every month until june um, and that was kind of going to be like the cycle for it. Um, but because of this, I feel like we were just like, fuck it. Let's just get it out there. Um, and because we were, we were posting, so we were posting like trailers for it and like lead up stuff and uh, kind of like trying to grow the hype. And then we realized that because everyone was just kind of like sitting on their computer all day, um, like it doesn't no one like it's like no one cares about like that kind of anticipation like the attention spans are a lot smaller so we're like why are we trying to pull this out in this times like let's just drop it and give it to people as soon as possible like just i don't know if there's any fans that you know it's just kind of like let's just put it out there and uh so that's just like we just kind of just said fuck it and just like dropped it without too much planning um Mm -hmm. and i think it, it i mean I think it definitely worked out in a sense because people were definitely just being like, we want, we want it now. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I think we're, it's pushing us right now too, to like, we're all going to pretty much start re- like recording again in like a few weeks and just seeing like, okay, let's just put out another single. Let's just like keep putting out stuff through this as, as you know, as much as possible. Um and just not really care about too, too much formal planning and all that kind of stuff and just worry about like yeah i mean that's yeah i feel like albums aren't even that natural and i question if anyone would do them if it wasn't for how the industry has worked for the past 50 years yeah or i feel whatever. like albums are cool when you have the listeners that are ready to take that plunge um because yeah. then you can make something that is a full like 45 minute piece of music that you know is just like a full experience um but yeah i think that it's just more natural to be like this is this is a project it could be one song it could be three songs it could be it's just here it is um yeah but yeah i don't know it's definitely it it's definitely interesting now with how the playing field is with like all this going on and I think that that's a kind of why we put all our time into like the Minecraft thing, just because it, we just want to kind of connect with as many people as possible. And if that's the way we can achieve that, then that's the way, like that's where the focus is. And, you know, we can put our, our tunes on, on hold, basically and just kind of try to build something that can be like somewhat beneficial to like getting us through this. Tim, you direct all the music videos or uh, how did you learn how to do that? Um, basically i have a buddy well our buddy ben does all like the dp work for it and he's just one night we were just like because i we we were working with like we'd always start working with people and i feel, I, i'm like a 
kind of I get super into the whole like visual side of the band. So if it's not like exactly what like what my vision is, I always kind of like, oh man, like it's cool, but I feel like it could have been this. And then my my buddy Ben was just like, dude, just learn how to like figure out how to direct. Like, you know, you could do it. Like I'll listen to like he's like basically like I'll walk you through it kind of deal. Um so I just like did Soapbox Sunday with him and edited it. And then we did We All Wanna Be There. And uh yeah, it just it felt I was like, okay, this feels this feels good. Like I, I um but it's it's really fulfilling, honestly. Like that was like Yeah. Uh, the, the, video, the videos are great. Thank you. Um I must say though, Ben is the true mastermind. Ben Schofield, uh he's a great cinematographer. Um and he deals shout with out to yeah, ben. shout out to Ben. And he kind of deals with me saying like stuff that doesn't make sense and he's been always super helpful with that. But when this is over, he's actually he was my roommate too. So we were just like, you know, you would come over our house and we'd have all the storyboards, whatever we were working on, just kind of plastered all over the walls. Our roommates would be like, You guys look like you're conspiracy theorists. Um but That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh it's just a lot of fun. I think it's like I, I know like as a musician you might it might be wrong to say this, but I think that's like sometimes my favorite part of being in a band is like the world building and like that whole side yeah. of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really fun, like uh, getting the packaging right and all the external stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I don't know. It sounds a little pretentious maybe, but I consider myself more of an artist than I do a musician. So all the other stuff is interesting and uh, fun and exciting to me too. I mean, I, I totally feel that. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like, I'm a terrible musician. Like on paper, I am probably the worst musician in Philly. <laughs> like it's just like, but I just like kind of, I don't know. You just kind of make it. You, you learn what you have to, to 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 get what you want out of the art, I guess. Kind of thing. It's like it's kind of I was always looked at it. Uh, but yeah, because it's a like, band is just so much more than just putting out songs and like writing songs. I feel like a lot of people like at first thought might not even like realize that, but there's just so many um, just like streams of projecting, like what you're trying to achieve. I, I don't know if that's a good way of saying it, but you know, there's like, there's not only the songs, but there's the album artwork, there's the promotion, which is all visual. There's the videos, there's everything to like the backdrop that you see, like at a live show, there's merch, like, and it all is like tied together. So I feel like, and there's just like the general, like, what is our like general ethos going to be? Like, what are we going to like, kind of like not necessarily stand for? I I guess. Yeah. Like what, what are we going to stand for as a band? Like why, how do we convince people that we should exist as a band? Cause I think one thing we always talk about how it's like, it's such a, massive privilege to be able to just go play music for people and dance around on stage and get paid for it um like so it's like how do we kind of prove ourselves that like this is why this should exist in the world in a sense um (laughs) true and also just giving people like the most we're capable of doing it's like if tim wants to make a sick music video and can figure out how like why shouldn't we it's like we want to do the not and not the minimum amount would be like just putting out music but i think we all find it fulfilling to like just do everything to like the highest degree that we're capable of and just making everything awesome like because we like it and also because we think other people will like it and appreciate it too so that's why i knew that i fuck with you guys because i'm interested in people who are like really pushing themselves to make something great you know 
and I want to surround mm-hmm. myself with people who are doing that. It's it's really easy to become complacent in the indie world at like the DIY level when you're not being rewarded for anything. There are a lot of people who are settling for things or just don't have very good taste, frankly. Uh, so I don't know. I, I definitely feel that like it gets very like you get you get so trapped in like it's like you get so trapped in a bubble on how you think things work and you start. You're like, well, this is the way it is done. Like, you're like, this is how people in the scene do it. That means that this is the way I have to do it. And then you're like, you take yourself out of that bubble for a second, and you're just like, wait, why the fuck? What? Why was I doing that? Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you get you get removed from like even your past work. It's like I can't believe I ever thought that was good. And it's partially like who you're surrounded def- by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why I love being in a band with these guys because I feel like they're always like showing me that where if I, I like feel like sometimes I have a habit of doing like what we just talked about. And then I just like hear their thoughts and just snap out of it and be like, Oh yeah. Like that's why I make music with you guys. Cause you're always like showing me how to push it forward. And then, you know, just a, a cycle of that I feel like is, is awesome. Just as someone who wants to be in a band. So just always kind of, do you guys know the band turtlenecked? Uh, I don't think so. No. I think you guys would fuck with his music. It's very kind of like dance punk, very kind of early 2000s inspired. Um, oh, hell yeah. But he tweeted, he tweeted the other day, I don't know if I could find it here, but it was basically like having good taste is being able to navigate your bad taste. You know, having good taste is being able to refrain from having bad taste. And it's not necessarily about... Um, it's just kind of like accepting everything and finding the good parts about it. You think like just kind of like knowing how to navigate all that. It's yeah. It's just like uh, damn. I wish I could find it. <laughs> Wait, I'm going. On his, he's on his Twitter. Oh uh, yeah, his Twitter is H A R P A T S. And don't worry, I'll <laughs> edit this so it doesn't oh, sound like we're it's all good. fucking around. Uh, I do. I must say, I I saw the other guest you had, um, insane. Literally, pity sex, brave bird, and uh, Kevin Crowder. I was like, do you guys dude, like those bands? Pity sex was my favorite band in high school, like of all time. Like they were like literally like I would just. That's like what made me like, like just like be like, oh, I want to do like this kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> dude, I love to hear that. Uh, yeah, those are both Ann Arbor bands, which is, you know, where I'm from. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Because I was going to say, I was like, when you said you're from Ann Arbor, I was just like, no way. And like, I was like, I was like, I know, I don't know, I was going to answer, like, is that like a super artsy town or is it just like, 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 luckily those bands are from there? Like, I don't, I've never been. Dude, yeah. Uh, it's like a college town. Uh, it's where the University of Michigan is. Okay, cool. uh, For the most part, I just lucked out at being there at the same time when the scene was what it was, you know, Um, at the the same age as them, like Chris from Brave Bird. uh, I went to high school with and there's this place in Ann Arbor called the Metal Frat. And uh, it's like a fraternity uh, DIY. Yup. I've watched I've watched Brave Bird a video of them playing live there. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Those are my stomping grounds. Uh, so, yeah, Chris rushed there and became a brother there. And uh, I was friends with him already, so I just kept hanging out with him, even though I didn't go to the university. Mm-hmm. I would go to the shows there. Uh, 
And Brandon from Pity Sex was friends with people who had rushed there that were older than us. And so Pity Sex formed there. And, uh, yeah, we were just all around in the same scene. And uh, I'm very lucky to have those connections. And I was able to hit them up for the first episodes. Hell yeah. No, that's so cool. Because, like, growing up, you know, you would kind of take you would hear kind of like it's almost like almost like mythos of like other cities and like what it's like there and stuff and you need to be like all right ann arbor you're like brave bird pity sex like big muff fuzz pedals okay like um but yeah that that's it i found the tweet by the way yeah uh, oh, good taste need- is just a display of mastery over bad taste <laughs> dude that's it yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and I, I definitely believe that because there's so much stuff that I've done artistically, even just from like last year that I'm like, oh, I can't believe I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's and I th- do, you, do you think it's ever going to be, do you think it's always going to be that way? Like, you think you're just always going to look back at what you did like a year ago and be like, you know, I what what was that? Why did I think that was good? Like, will that ever end? Because I always uh, kind of go back and forth. I'm like, you see those bands that are like putting out great records and you're like, do you think they know it's a good record? Like, 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 I don't know. Like, there's I guess, actually uh, I, I heard this interview from Alex Turner from R2 Monkeys, where obviously they've been a band for like 15 years. But um, on their last tour, they talked about when they had to play songs from their first record. It just felt like doing a cover band because they had changed so much from like 2006 to 2019, where they were like, we don't even want to play these songs mm-hmm. anymore. But like, we know people love them, so we will. But it just like doesn't even feel like our own stuff. So just a little insight for that. Yeah, I think I think it's probably, you're right, it's always going to be like that. And then every once in a while, I think you get lucky where it's like you make something that is long-lasting to even yourself. Yeah, and I guess that's like the one but, thing you can just, that's, that's, that's it. Like that's the thing that you need to hit. Um, do you think you guys will be doing this for the rest of your life? If I'm still breathing. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, it's the only thing um, that... As of now, um, is is like fill. I always say it fills the void. It's the only thing that fills. Like, and that sounds so like sad, depressing. But it more so just like I don't know. It's the thing that like I'm like just kind of gives me purpose to keep going and moving and like creating. But I did start to figure out that kind of what we were talking about about like you being like saying like I look at myself as an artist and not a musician. That it's not necessarily like the creation of music that kind of like is fulfilling it's just like the creation of anything like i'm getting the same feelings Mm -hmm. of making the minecraft festival as i would for making like a song off a record um as i would Mm -hmm. making a video and i realizing like okay that's it's just that feeling of just like this was a thing that didn't need to exist but now it does like that yeah, and it just so happens that maybe music was like the first thing you chose. Yeah, and, it, and it's like also I feel like it's, I I think like just like, I love like just the feeling of like, uh, the connection of people singing together like that is, and I remember going to shows and just being like I always explain it like as like and we we're talking about it with someone yesterday how like seventy five percent of like a live show is not is not you in the the band kind of connecting it's you and like the other showgoers connecting so it's like yeah if i could just make that happen like that's that's all i want like i i just think that's so cool to see just like 
massive rooms of people come together over the same thing and just kind of like that kind of like just i don't know connect that connectivity is like just kind of i don't know it, it, it hits different <laughs> Yeah, what about you, Mop? Do you think you'll be playing music for the rest of your life? Yeah, I hope so. I feel like at this stage, I'm still working towards like a dream that I had when I was a kid, and I'm not there yet. So, hopefully, with this band, we just keep getting, and uh, we keep working until we get to that point. And you know, I'm I'm still just like on that. Um, and then after that, who knows? Really, I mean, like I I really hope I do, just because it's. I personally haven't done anything that I love as much as this, but you know, you, I feel like it's impossible for myself to say, um, except for how I feel right now. So, um, yeah, that's actually, that's so right. Yeah. You're right on that. Dude. I really appreciate you guys talking to me today. This has been very fun. Dude. Yeah. Thanks for this was awesome. It's fun. to just like chill and, uh, I don't know, like you definitely, like, Every time you like hit me up about like some weird obscure video game thing I'd post, I was like, yes. I was like, I was- <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, that's like the dog whistle for gamers is when they somebody posts, you know, some niche thing that you're into. It's like seeing like a, it's like seeing somebody with like a tiny beanie and cuff jeans. It's like, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I get it. Like, because <laughs> I How do you like, guys know each other again, or do you not know each other? Again? Just from just, Instagram, oh, okay. I just. We don't. We've never met. I just. Uh, I followed Tim off of. Yeah, somebody tagged you during that event. I was like, I've got. I got to know who these people are. So we definitely have to hang when. Uh, yeah. The yeah. lockdown is over. Yeah, I'd love to chill, um, drink a brew, play some Armored Core, or dude, you know, I would whatever. love to rip some Armored Core.